Act One of Amends for Ladies by Nathan Field. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Amends for Ladies, Act One, Scene One. Enter the Lady Honor, the Lady Perfect, the Lady Bright. A wife, the happiest state. It cannot be. Yes, such a wife as I, that have a man as if myself had made him. Such a one, as I may justly say, I am the rib belonging to his breast. Widow and maid, your lives, compared to mine, are miserable. Though wealth and beauty meet in each of you, poor virgin, all thy sport is thought of love and meditation of a man, the time and circumstance ere thou canst fix thy thoughts on one thy fancy will approve. That trouble already may be past. Why, if it be, the doubt he will not hold his brittle faith, that he is not a compatible choice, and so your noble friends will cross the match. Doth make your happiness uncertain still, or say you married him, what he would prove. Can you compare your state, then, to a wife? Nay, all the freedom that a virgin hath is much to be preferred. Who would endure the humours of so insolent a thing as is a husband? Which of all the herd runs not possessed with some notorious vice, drinking or whoring, fighting, jealousy, even of a page at twelve, or of a groom that rubs horse heels. Is it not daily seen, men take wives but to dress their meat, to wash and starch the linen, for the other matter, of lying with them, that's but when they please. And whatsoever the joy be of the bed, the pangs that follow procreation are hideous, or you wives have gulled your husbands with your loud shriekings and your deathful throes. A wife or widow to a virgin's life. Why should the best of you think you enjoy the roost and rule that a free widow doth? I am mine own commander, and the bliss of wooers and of each variety frequents me as I were a maid. No brother have I to dice my patrimony away as you, my maiden madam, may. No husband's death stand I in doubt on, for, thanks be to heaven, if mine were good, the grievous loss of him is not to come. If he were bad, he's gone, and I no more embrace my injury. But be yours ill, you knightly clasp your hate, or good, why, he may die or change his virtue. And thou, though single, hast the bad fellow as bad as the worst husband, thought of one, and what that is men with their wives do do, and long expectance till the deed be done. A wife is like a garment used and torn, a maid like one made up but never worn. A widow is a garment worn threadbare, selling at second hand like brokers wear but let us speak of things the present time makes happy to us and see what is best i have a servant then the crown of men the fountain of humanity the prize of every virtue moral and divine 
young, valiant, learned, well-born, rich, and shaped, as of wise nature, when she fashioned him, had meant to give him nothing but his fall. Yet all additions are conferred on him, that may delight a woman. The same youth to me hath sacrificed his heart, yet I have checked his suit, laughed at his worthy service, made him the exercise of my cruelty. Whilst constant as the sun, for all these clouds, his love goes on. Enter Injun. Peace, here is the man you name. Widow will stand aside. Good morrow to the glory of our age, the lady perfect and the lady bright. Meeting the wife and widow. The virtuous wife and widow, but to you the lady honor, and my mistress the happiness of your wishes. By this light, I never heard one speak so scurvily, utter such stale wit, and pronounce so ill. But to you, my lady honour and my mistress, the happiness of your wishes. Stop your wit. You would fain show these ladies what a hand you hold over your servant shall not need. I will express your tyranny well enough. I have loved this lady since I was a child, since I could construe a ma. Now she says I do not love her, because I do not weep. Lay mine arms o'er my heart, and wear no garters. Walk with mine eyes in my hat, sigh and make faces, for all the poets in the town to laugh at. Pox of this howling love, tis like a dog shut out at midnight. Must love needs be powdered, lie steeped in brine, or will it not keep sweet? Is it like beef in summer? Did you ever hear one talk fustian like a butcher thus? Tis foolish, this same telling folks we love. It needs no words. T'will show itself in deeds. And did I take you for an entertainer, a lady that will ring one by the finger, whilst on another's toes she treads and cries, By God, I love but one, and you are he. Either them, thinking himself the man, I tell you in your ear, put for the business, which granted or denied. Madam, God be we. Come. These are daily slanders that you raise on our infirm and unresisting sex. You never met, I'm sure, with such a lady. Oh, many by this light I've seen a chamber frequented like an office of the law. Clients succeed at midnight one another, whilst the poor madam hath been so distressed, which of her lovers to show most countenance to, that her dull husband has perceived her wiles. Nay, perhaps taught her. Many of those husbands are base enough to live upon it. I have seen another em cheat by this light at cards, and set her woman to talk to the gentleman that played, that so distracted they might oversee. Oh, fie upon ye! I dare swear you lie. Do not fear, mistress. You will be forsworn. You men are all foul-mouthed. I warrant you talk thus of me and other ladies here, because we keep the city. Oh, profane, that thought would damn me. Will you marry yet? No, I will never marry. Shall we then couple unlawfully? For indeed this marrying is but proclaiming what we mean to do, which may be done privately in civil sort, and none the wiser, and by this white hand, the rack, strapado, or the boiling boot, should never force me tell to wrong your honour. May I believe this? Let it be your creed. But if you should prove false? Nay, 
Now unhang your sword. Except you mean to hang yourself. Why? Where have you been drinking? Sfoot, you talk like one of these same rambling boys that reign in Turnbull Street. How do you know? Indeed. My knowledge is but speculative. Not practic, there. I have it by relation from such observers as yourself, dear servant. I must profess, I did think well of thee. But get thee from my sight. I never more will hear or see thee, but will hate thee deadly, as a man-enemy, or a woman turned. Ladies, come forth. Enter widow, wife. See, sir, what courtesy you have done to me. A strange praise of you had newly left my lips just as you entered, and how you have deserved it with your carriage. Villain, thou hast hurt mine honour to these friends. For what can they imagine but some ill hath passed betwixt us by thy broad discourse? Were my case theirs, by virgin chastity, I should condemn them. Hence, depart my sight. Madam, but hear me. Oh, that these were men, and durst but say or think you ill for this. I have so good a cause upon my side that I would cut their hearts out of their breasts, and the thoughts out of them that injured you. But I obey your hest, and for my penance, will run a course never to see you more. And now I lose you. May I lose the light, since in that beauty dwelt my day or night. Exit Engine Is this the virtuous youth? Your happiness? Wherein you thought your seat so far above ours? If one man could be good, this had been he. See, here come all your suitors and your husband, and room for laughter. Here's the Lord Fee Simple. What gentlewoman does he bring along? Enter husband, embracing subtle, the Lord Fee Simple, with young bold like a waiting gentlewoman, and well tried. Well tried, husband, and subtle, talk with wife one and thirty good morrows to the fairest wisest richest widow that ever conversation coped withal three score and two unto the wisest lord that ever was trained in university o oh, courteous bounteous widow she has outbid me thirty-one good morrows at a clap but my lord fee simple you forget the business imposed on you gentlewoman i cry thee mercy but tis a fault in all lords, not in me only. We do use to swear by our honours, and as we are noble, to dispatch such a business with such a gentleman. And we are bound, even by the same honours we swear by, to forget it in a quarter of an hour, and look as if we had never seen the party when we meet next, especially if none of our gentlemen have been considered. Ay, but all yours have, for you keep none, my lord. Besides, Though it stands with your honour to forget men's businesses, yet it stands not with your honour if you do not do a woman's. Why then, madam, so it is that I request your ladyship to accept into your service this gentlewoman. For truth and honesty I will be bound. I have known her too long to be deceived. Aside. This is the second time I have seen her. Why, how now, my lord? A preferrer of gentlewomen to service— like an old knitting-woman. Where hath she dwelt before? She dwelt with young bold sister, he that is my co-rival in your love. She requested me to advance it to you, for you are a dubbed lady, so is not she yet. But now you talk of young bold. 
when did you see him lady not this month master well tried i did conjure him to forbear my sight indeed swore if he came i'd be denied but tis strange you should ask of him ye too were wont never to be asunder faith madam we never were together but we differed on some argument or other and doubting lest our discord might at length breed to some quarrel i forbear him too he quarrel bold hang him if he durst have quarrelled the well knows he's within a mile of an oak has put him to it and soundly i never cared for him in my life but to see his sister he's an ass pox an arrant ass for do you think any but an arrant ass would offer to come a-wooing where a lord attempts he quarrel <laughs> he dares not quarrel but he dares fight my lord upon my knowledge and rail no more my lord behind his back for if you do my lord blood must ensue draws oh, oh my honour dies i am dead swoons oh it's light what's the matter ring him by the nose a pair of riding spurs now were worth gold pins are as good prick him prick him uh, uh. he's come again lift him up how, how fares, fares your lordship? lordship oh friends you have wronged my spirit to call it back i was even in elysium at rest but why sir did you swoon well though i die mr welltried before all these i do forgive you because you were ignorant of my infirmity oh sir <gasps> is not up yet i die again put up now whilst i wink or i do wink for ever tis up my lord ope your eyes but i pray tell me is this antipathy twixt bright steel and you natural or how grew it i'll tell you sir anything bright and edged works thus strongly with me your hilts now i can handle as boldly look you else nay never blame my lord master well tried for i know a great many will swoon at the sight of a shoulder of mutton or a quarter of lamb my lord may be excused then for a naked sword this lord and this knight in dog collars would make a fine brace of beagles but on my faith twas mightily overseen of your father not to bring you up to foils or if he had bound you prentice to a cutler or an ironmonger ha pox hang him old gouty fool he never brought me up to any lordly exercise as fencing dancing tumbling and such like but forsooth i must write and read and speak languages and such base qualities fit for none but gentlemen now sir would i tell him father you are a count i am a lord a pox are writing and reading and languages let me brought up as i was born but how my lord came you first not to endure the sight of steel why i'll tell you sir when i was a child an infant an innocent maid aside twas even now i being in the kitchen in my lord my father's house the cook was making minced pies so sir i standing by the dresser there lay a heap of plums here was he mincing what did me 
i sir being a notable little witty coxcomb but popped my hand just under his chopping knife to snatch some raisins and so was cut o'er the hand and never since could i endure the sight of any edge tool indeed they are not fit for you my lord and now you are all so well satisfied in this matter pray ladies how like you this my gentlewoman in troth madam exceedingly well i if you be provided pray let me have her it should be my request but that i am full what can you do what's her name my lord her name i know not what's her name master Welltried? her name slid tell my lady your name mistress mary princox forsooth mistress mary princox <laughs> she has wit i perceive that already methinks she speaks as if she were my lord's brood brood madam tis well known i am a gentlewoman my father was a man of five hundred per annum and he held something in capite too so does my lord something nay by my troth what i hold in capite is worth little or nothing i have apt breeding however my misfortune now makes me submit myself to service but there is no ebb so low but hath his tide again when our days are at worst they will mend in spite of the frowning destinies for we cannot be lower than earth and the same blind dame that hath cast her blear eyes hitherto upon my occasions may turn her wheel and at last wind them up with her white hand to some pinnacle that prosperously may flourish in the sunshine of promotion oh mouthful of agility i would give twenty marks now to any person that could teach me to convey my tongue sans tumbling with such dexterity to such a period for her truth and her honesty i am bound before but now i have heard her talk for her wit i will be bound body and goods odds light i will not leave her for my hood i never met with one of these eloquent old gentlewomen before what age are you mistress mary princox i will not lie madam i have numbered fifty-seven summers and just so many winters have i passed but they have not passed you they lie frozen in your face madam if it shall please you to entertain me so if not i desire you not to misconstrue my good will there's no harm done the door's as big as it was and your ladyship's own wishes crown your beauty with content as for these frumping gallants let them do their worst it is not in man's power to hurt me tis well known i came not to be scoffed a woman may bear and bear till her back burst i am a poor gentlewoman and since virtue hath nowadays no other companion but poverty i set the hare's head unto the goose giblets and what i want one way i hope i shall be enabled to supply the other and please god that thou wert not past children is even so my lord nay good princox do not cry i do entertain you how do you occupy 
What can you use? Anything fit to be put into the hands of a gentle woman. What are your qualities? I can sleep on a low stool. If your ladyship be talking in the same room with any gentleman, I can read on a book, sing love songs, look up the Louvre light, hear and be deaf, see and be blind, be ever dumb to your secrets, swear and equivocate, and whatsoever I spy, say the best. O oh, rare crone, how art thou endued? But why did Master Bowl's sister put you away? I beseech you, madam, to neglect that desire, though I know your ladyship's understanding to be sufficient to partake or take in the greatest secret can be imparted, yet... Nay, prithee, tell the cause. Come, here's none but friends. Faith, madam, hey-ho, I was, to confess truly... A little foolish in my last service to believe men's oaths. But I hope my example, though prejudicial to myself, will be beneficial to other young gentlewomen in service. My mistress's brother, the gentleman you named even now, Master Bold, having often attempted my honour but finding it impregnable, vowed love and marriage to me at the last i a young thing held raw being seduced set my mind upon him but friends contradicting the match i fell into a grievous consumption and upon my first recovery lest the intended sacred ceremonies of nuptials should succeed his sister knowing this thought it fit in her judgment we should be farther asunder, and so put me out of her service. <laughs> God's a mercy for this discovery in faith. O oh, man, what art thou when thy cock is up? Come, will your lordship walk in? Tis dinner time. Enter hastily, seldom, with papers on his arm. Who's this? Who's this? This is our landlord, Master Seldom, an exceedingly wise citizen, a very sufficient understanding man, and exceeding rich. Miracles are not ceased. Good morrow, landlord. Where have you been sweating? Good morrow to your honours. Thrift is industrious. Your ladyship knows we will not stick to sweat for our pleasures. How much more ought we to sweat for our profits? I am come from Master Injun this morning, who is married, or to be married, and though your ladyship did not honor his nuptials with your presence, he hath by me sent each of you a pair of gloves, and Grace Seldom, my wife, is not forgot. Exit. God give him joy. God give him joy. Exeunt. Let all things most impossible change now. O perjured man, oaths are but words, I see. But wherefore should not we, that think we love upon full merit, that same worth once seizing, surcease our love too, and find new desert? Alas, we cannot. Love's a pit which, when we fall into, we ne'er get out again. 
and this same horrid news which me assaults i would forget love blanche's blackest faults oh what path shall i tread for remedy but darkest shades where love with death doth lie exit manent husband wife subtle sir i have often heard my husband speak of your acquaintance nay my virtuous wife had it been but acquaintance this his absence had not appeared so uncouth but we two were schoolfellows together born and nursed brought up and lived since like the gemini had but one suck the tavern or the ordinary where i was married that saw one of us without the other said we'd walk by halves where dear dear friend have you been all this while oh most sweet friend the world's so vicious that had i with such familiarity frequented you since you were married possessed and used your fortunes as before as in like manner you commanded mine the depraved thoughts of men would have proclaimed some scandalous rumours from this love of ours as saying mine reflected on your lady and what a wound had that been to our souls when only friendship should have been the ground to hurt her honour and your confident peace spite of mine own approved integrity wife kiss him bid him welcome pox of the world come come you shall not part from me in haste i do command thee use this gentleman in all things like myself if i should die i would bequeath him in my will to thee sir you are most welcome and let scandalous tongues no more deter you i dare use you sir with all the right belonging to a friend and what i dare i dare let all men see my conscience rather than men's thoughts be free will you look in we'll follow you exit wife now friend what think you of this lady why sweet friend that you are happy in her she is fair witty and virtuous and was rich to you can there be an addition to a wife yes constancy for tis not chastity that lives remote from all attempters free but there tis strong and pure where all that wooed doth resist and turns them virtuous too therefore dear friend by this love's masculine kiss by all our mutual engagements past by all the hopes of amity to come be you the settler of my jealous thoughts and make me kill my fond suspect of her by assurance that she is loyal otherwise that she is false and then as she is past cure my soul shall ever after be past care that you are fittest for this enterprise you must needs understand since prove she true in this your trial you my dearest friend whom only rather than the world besides i would have satisfied of her virtue shall see and best conceal my folly prove she weak tis better you should note than any man who can reform her and do me no wrong chemical metals and bright gold itself by sight are not distinguished but by the test thought makes good wives but trial makes the best to the unskilful owner's eyes alike the bristol sparkles as the diamond but by a lapidary the truth is found 
come, you shall not deny me. Do not wrong so fair a wife, friend, and so virtuous, whose good name is a theme unto the world. Make not a wound with searching where there was none. Misfortune still such projects does pursue. He makes a false wife that suspects a true. Yet, since you so importune, give me leave to ruminate a while, and I will straight follow and give you an answer. You must do it. Exit. Assure yourself, dear Coxcomb, I will do it, or strangely be denied. All's as I wished. This was my aim, although I have seemed strange. I know this fellow now to be an ass, a most unworthy husband, though in view he bears himself thus fair. She knows it too, therefore the stronger are my hopes to gain her. And, my dear friend, that will have your wife tried, I'll try her first, then trust her, if I can. And... As you said most wisely, I hope to be both touchstone to your wife and lapidary. Exit. End of Act One.